0: Hello and welcome to the Football Academy podcast. Uh, I'm Braden here tonight with uh, Mr. William Webb. Uh, You can find him at Twitter at TFA Wills. Uh, How are you doing tonight, Will?
1: Good, good. Uh, It's weird that these are the only two days in the last, like, 73 days of my life that there's been no soccer on. Um, So I went to work today and just probably worked harder than I have in a month of Sundays. Uh, shout out to anyone from my job who is listening uh, I'm totally working hard all the fucking time uh, But yeah I <laughs> Missed the soccer already <laughs> I'm, I'm, I had nothing to watch today I Had nothing to keep me occupied aside from fucking work And those hotels can call themselves uh,
0: Yeah, and no one wants to be Kept busy with work At work, like fuck that It's December, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. that sounds like a 2023 20, problem to me um, <laughs> I have, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I definitely felt missing, just like missing being able to wake up, like get breakfast and be like, oh, Saudi Arabia smacking the shit out of Argentina. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the world what I is, thought I was signing up for, but okay. What is South
1: Korea up to today? Let's go. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I, I definitely missed that today. Uh, we'll have it again soon enough,
1: but um,
0: yeah, it, it's definitely the sign that the World Cup's coming to a close when you get to this point where it's like oh there's no games on now it's like oh it's a little sad but uh, it is what it's like the tournament has to end at some point and we have to go back to watching arsenal now do nothing with Gabriel Jesus centered um but i digress um We'll get into it a little bit tonight. Um, this is going to be a little more vibesy than uh, some of the ones that we do. Uh, not as much structure just because uh, it's the World Cup. Like it's, it's not the normal thing that we do. So we're going to take a second and kind of reflect on the round of 16 games uh, and then get into a couple picks and such for uh, the quarterfinals and, and kind of uh, take a look at it from there. Uh, so we'll start with um, the round of 16. And... I want to start with, what was your, like, banger of a match from this group, Will?
1: I don't want to say it was the England match, because it was not the England match, as much as I enjoyed watching that. Uh, I have to say, yesterday was probably, or the day before, I should say, was probably one of the more fun days I've had watching this World Cup. Uh, Morocco, absolute scenes, an absolute performance. Uh, You heard me come on here last episode and kind of talk shit about Spain and how I've like, you know, there's more interesting teams who speak Spanish. Uh, and that's how I've always felt about them and kind of conceived my pick to Brazil. Uh, it was great watching Spain kind of just, I don't even want to say shit the bed, but like kind of shit the bed. Uh, that Morocco team deserved to win that match. Um, just irregardless of that result, it is a word, look it up. Um, just in the general sense, terrible penalty taking is what's been getting me through this World Cup. Man, there have been some shit penalties. Miyamino put a penalty into, like, someone's chest. Like, didn't even aim for the corner. And you saw Morocco, you saw Spain team kind of come out and just think that they can automatically win on penalties. And Bono, in the back of the goal, just, you know, doing it in the name of love. Uh, Hopefully he can go home to where his streets have names. And uh, it won't be a Sunday, bloody Sunday, when he eventually goes to the quarterfinals. I've been saving those jokes all week. I'm so sorry. Uh,
0: well, your uh, references are moving in mysterious ways.
1: <laughs> yes! That was the one I was going to work in. Damn it. <laughs> uh, man, Morocco. Just North Africa. Uh, that team has way more talent than we're not talking about. And there's going to be some yeah. guys you're going to see going to the Premier League, to Spain, from that team, who you're going to be like – Pay attention to some of these guys on this team because they're going to be household names here in a minute. Uh, also, had a great time at the hotel with all their fans. Like, it's, it's yeah. a really feel good story. <laughs> Love of Morocco.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I didn't fully realize it until coming into that match. I was looking at the lineups and I was like, kind of like Befall. Like we all know that Ziyech and Hakimi are both really and, and oh, and before we go any further, like we've got to talk about like the absolute levels of hakimi's pen that he took to to
1: seal it it was nuts like it, absolutely nuts the calmest human being on the planet he's when he put the ball down i was like there's nothing that can happen that's gonna make him miss this shot it kind of already felt preordained but then just to be like fuck it paneka dead ass down the middle i'm like <laughs> This man's going to, to move. To win the country's
0: first knockout round. Like, my my favorite part of this is Zakimi is was is born in Spain. And his parents right?
1: worked on the streets of
0: Madrid. <laughs> yes. It, it, and, like, I heard that his celebration after was a shot at Enrique for not bringing Ramos on, on the team. And it's like, out. like, just for that man to have that in his head as he steps up to take a panenka, it, it's just... Like my hats off to you, sir. Like what? What a fucking like what just a, incredible pen. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, just just incredible. Like that was something else. Um, but you're you're right. Like you go down the the list of players on this team, and I was talking to Sapoon, who's not with us tonight, obviously. Um, uh, but Buffal was when you looked at stats in the Premier League when he was at Southampton. Like he was a guy who was. Constantly in the top five and top ten of like successful take ons, and like you can see it in that game. Like the man has tricks with the ball at his feet, and like it just causes people problems. And, and sometimes in these tournaments, like that's kind of just the thing that you need is someone who can do something to break down defense. And like all of a sudden, you you've got something. So I, I'm interested uh, in that and we'll we'll see how much further they go but that was that was a real fun match to watch um for my banger i'm going to go i'm I'm not going to talk about the one that i think could possibly be the other banger but because it hurts too much um <laughs> but the one the one that i'm going to go with um is I'm going to lump two matches into one and it's the teams that speak Portuguese. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) Those two teams, like like Brazil's first half against South Korea was like it had, it it took me back a little bit to Germany, just like absolutely dismantling Brazil. Like it, it had that kind of like, there's just nothing you can do to stop us in this game. Like we, we're on the top of our game and you are helpless. (laughs) It's kind of like the, you will take it. it. (laughs) Yeah. And then Portugal came out and did mostly the same thing. And I think, uh, potentially there's some, I don't want to say issues with team selection for Switzerland, but I I think maybe they came out with a game plan to face Ronaldo and, uh, Ronaldo wasn't there, obviously (laughs) like bearing the lead here, I guess maybe, um, and i think maybe that just messed with them a little bit like i think they had a plan for something that didn't happen and I, boy portugal just looked really really good like and it wasn't it didn't seem to be anything that special it just seemed to be like we're going to play direct and we're going to be better than you and and that could be a terrifying thing to come up against um but what what did you think of those two
1: will uh the brazil game was <clears throat> I expected, I think far more competition uh, from Korea than maybe I should have expected. I agree um, with that. Brazil looked like fucking world beaters. I talked about Allison and Goal, and I like he was kind of very important for them throughout large stretches of that match. He made some very decent saves up there to keep to keep the score where it was. However, Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> was so good that even Allison saving them in the back, the dude came off in the 75th minute so that they could start their other keeper so that they could have started everyone who they brought with them. (laughs) Like, to do that in a match like this, like, we're in the knockouts. This isn't even, like, the, the, the fluff at this point. To be able to do that, to look the way they look, to play the way they play. Like when people who watch football forever talk about like Brazil and how their teams do this, uh, any guy above the age of 40 talking about the teams in the seventies from Brazil, who's just like, Oh my God, it was like watching sex on a pitch. It was like watching sex on a pitch. Like I get it. Like that's the Brazilian football that I've been hearing about my entire childhood. That showed itself. in glimpses in 2002 that you saw them trying to like be like in 2014. The Brazil that I expected is this Brazil and it feels like they're ordained. And then Portugal came out and made it look the exact same way, but European. Like it was the exact (laughs) same thing. It was like, they look like world beaters. They finally got all their feet underneath them. They have a fucking all-star team. And they didn't, imagine if you had to play the 1996 Bulls. Michael Jordan had the flu and then was like, I'm not gonna play and Scottie Pippen dropped 100 points on you. That's what yeah. that that's what that game felt like. It was just like, oh my god, they have they have shooters. Not even Scottie even tell Pippen. Us about.
0: Not not even Scottie Pippen. It, it's more like Steve or like Tony Kukoc's rookie <laughs> year. <laughs> Tony like, Kukoc puts up
1: 30. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Like who the fuck is it? Like, uh, yeah. I I had the same thing. It's like I wasn't. It, it wasn't so much that. It wasn't Ronaldo, because I think I'd heard some of those rumors, but I just assumed it was going to be Leo and then like this guy comes out, and like, what are they doing? And then it's like, okay, I'm dead fucking wrong. It's okay.
1: I will never speak ill of Ramos again. Homeboy comes, like, I don't want to say nowhere, but he came out and scored a hat trick before I had time to finish my lunch. <laughs> like, yeah. the team is way deeper than we give him credit for. I think that's, I think deep squads are what's going to get through this, and I think Brazil and Portugal have proven themselves to just have talent every fucking wear on the pitch. Uh sometimes you just got to have a fucking dream team. Like
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think that's definitely um I th- there's definitely something to that and I also think like Benfica had to be watching that game and just being like, "All right, let's just we're going to make let, so much money. <laughs> let's just <laughs> figure out our wiring details again." Like <laughs> like Where is
1: my Western Union card? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, like so, someone's going to have to send over a lot of money there uh very soon again. Uh, but but how they keep fighting these guys and churning out the assembly line, I I'm not sure. But yeah, really really impressive uh, from him. Um, really good from both Portugal and Brazil. Like I, I was not ready for Portugal to be this good in the World Cup. Like I had them as one of the biggest disappointments uh, coming into the World Cup. Like that's kind of who I thought it was going to be. Like but coming into the World Cup, they gave me strong strong France 2010 vibes of just like the team seem to be fighting each other. Like I, I thought it would fall apart. It absolutely has not obviously. And it I looks think it like they still
1: be like that. <laughs> and they're just sure. doing a good job. Like it's still a you're, mess and they're just,
0: you're fighting. right. Like it, it's not over. Something could happen, <laughs> but uh, I mean, they're playing their best football now in the tournament, which is when you want to start doing it. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be something to think about going forward. Um, pivoting away from the individual matchups, kind of the quarterfinal, or not the quarterfinals, finals, the round of 16 as a whole, did you have any big takeaways from that? Like, just thinking about, um, like, kind of all the games and any themes that you had running Guy, You kind of touched on it with the penalties earlier, because that, that is something I know as well. Like, how fucking impressive do, does Gareth Bale's penalty look right now against the U.S.? And why don't more people do that?
1: Taker, yeah. uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. MLS striker, getting it done.
1: <laughs> hey, they, they do when they need to, all right? Uh, I, yeah, the quality of penalties, like, across the board. Japan, I think, took one decent penalty. I, like, the Morocco match was just full of a bunch of guys who you would expect to go out and have the acumen to I'm not going to say. With hit, the I'm goal gonna...
0: of your game is to pass the ball around, like they did it, they
1: just casually passed it to the keeper three times it's, in it's, a row. Clint Dempsey said something to the effect of, like, you pass the ball. That is the thing that Spain does. And yet none of you could just pass the ball into the back of the net. It's not like the keeper was terribly, like, in position for all of them. Some of them, you were just like, he's there already. I'm going to hand it to him. I, like, I don't. Again, I'm not claiming to be the world's greatest footballer myself, but if you. Take penalties. The general aim is like either go down the middle and hope they dive or go to one of the four corners. Like, go far away. People can't be that tall. And to see these penalties looking like people who don't understand how to shoot a penalty in FIFA, that is what that Japanese (laughs) shootout looked like. It looked like someone went, ah, fuck, we're going to pins, and you have to figure it out as you go and they're all just going down the middle and the keeper's like, I guess this is my job now. Because that, like, he was in the back of the net like, I guess I'm just going to stay in here. The only other takeaway I have is that for as much excitement as we talk about this World Cup, there's, like, we talked about how there are all these permutations and how all these teams could show up and all these things like that. When you look at this quarterfinal, with the exception of Morocco, God bless, it is kind of chalky as shit. Like, it is yeah. exactly what we would have imagined coming out of this, maybe save for Germany, maybe save for, like, someone believing in the U.S. Oh, we're going to talk about
0: Germany shortly. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Uh, and maybe save for Australia, who I thought was going to do their country proud. They did. I just hope they went further. Um, it all It's all kind of exactly what you expected. There is something to be said about the magic of the World Cup being, it's so crazy and anything can happen. And then a week later, you're like, oh, it's exactly what I thought was going to happen. But the cream is rising to the top, and this quarterfinal set, is it should be all bangers. Like, that's the most important takeaway to me is that these are the four matches you wanted. You get England and France getting their biggest test against each other before they go any further. You have a potential to watch Argentina and Brazil play in a semifinal, which is absolutely mad. I want Virgil van Dijk to be in fucking Dubai already with the training camp, but fine, <laughs> the Netherlands are still there. Like, there's still permeate, like, there's still so much good to come out of this. And this is the heavyweight, like, knockout round that you want to see. I know we had all the fun with everybody coming in, all that stuff. Save for Morocco doing something impossible. It's like we're at the nitty-gritty. We're at the teams who are going – we're at the teams who were supposed to be there. Uh, save for Croatia, who I also thought would be eliminated by this point. But clearly uh, they know how to play water polo and football. So, yeah
0: yeah Courage has got some wily old veterans who are just like dad moving around into the <laughs> next round uh, thirty I, I, year old knees man thirty year old knees yeah I, I we'll see how much longer they can keep doing that. I think that may come to an end here shortly, but we'll get into that um but yeah, I agree to you with you like one of the interesting things I think about the World Cup specifically as a tournament is there is this chaos like we all remember this chaos that happens in it, but The main thing is that chaos is, I don't want to say it's exclusive to the group stage, because obviously we have like Morocco, Spain result, even though I don't know if that's as much as an upset. Like if you look at the lineups, I don't know if that's quite as much as an upset as it's being made, Um, but fair enough. Like I'm, I don't want to go down that tangent too much, Um, but then you kind of get to these knockout rounds and it's like. The good teams usually end up advancing. Like, we usually end up with the best teams, but especially by the semifinal, you usually have the best teams of the tournament. Uh, so, I, I, I'm i with you. Like, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, duality of the World Cup. It's like it's all this chaos, and then it's exactly as you expect.
1: <laughs> exactly what you said in the beginning. Just <laughs> never give up on your picks, folks. Never give yeah. up on your picks.
0: Uh, My main takeaway from the round of 16 is, is I was finally happy to see the death of the like false nine bullshit that we've seen from some of the good teams in here. Like Spain to me uh, exemplifies this where they have a, you know, whether or not Murata is the best striker in the world or anything like that. He's pretty good though. Um, He knows how to lead a line and like, he knows how to like play as a center forward And Spain just doesn't have anyone who really knows how to do that. Like, you know, there are games where, like, Olmo played there. I think Ferran Torres took a turn or two up there. And it's just, like, those guys are good players. But it's such a specialized position, and it requires such specific understanding of where to move, when to make runs, how to bring people in, and and also how your winger is going to play off of that, that I just... I, I think you saw it with Germany too, and then like the Spain Germany g- game to me was like the most fascinating, like study of this because like Spain started with Morata on the pitch, pretty much like dominated the first sixty minutes, then subbed them off. Germany subbed on Fulkrug, who just like I right, I don't know, like I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna be direct with the ball, and and like Germany all of a sudden came like roaring back into that game to to salvage a draw and salvage their chance of progressing uh into the round of 16 even if they didn't get there in the end and, and i think you're really seeing that is specifically in this tournament you really need uh you really need that goal scoring number nine like you need someone who knows how to move and bring other guys in like that in a way to just score goals go There's ahead Will. A-
1: there's, there's a good example of this. There's a very good example of this <clears throat> because I woke up super early on Saturday morning to get to the fucking pub to watch the United States fucking fall apart against Netherlands. And look, I know there is a lot of talent going forward as far as the U.S. is concerned, but there is a lack of an experienced guy up front to lead that line that would have made a host of a difference for the United States. You, you could be able to put Christian Pulisic up there next to anybody and have him bagging in the goal. But the guy who needs to be banging in the goals needs to know what he's doing, and I think the U.S. had a lack yeah. of that, and that's kind of where we got frosted. Like, this U.S. Team uh, I'm, I'm was trying to avoid and this. and <laughs> there was not someone to score. Again, I'm only grumpy about it because I, I, I spent the entire day at that pub, man, and spent the entire day just being like, if we just had – I don't even know what, what the answer would have been for the United States, and I think I, that is the problem, but like – we keep making jokes I, about putting basketball players up there. Like I couldn't send LeBron to fucking finish the line. Like, I don't know. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> we I, I, anybody? I,
0: I think I think our problems in that game were more than just a number nine. Like, I, I think it really showed the limitations of having a, an MLS coach who is not used to high pressure knockout matches. Like, I, I think that that needs to be a consideration for whoever the coach is going forward. Like we we need someone who understands how to make the adjustments mid game. Cause I think that was a weak point um, for Berhalter all tournament. But I think you specifically saw it here with the Netherlands team that was very well prepared for us and, and came out. And, and you're right though. Like the lack of a true nine, like just did not help at all. Like it, it was a bit of a mess, but we kind of knew that coming into the tournament that the U S didn't have any real number nines other than, Fuller and Baligan, like, it's it's time. Like, it, you know, you're you're not really going to break into England. It's fine. Like.
1: It's so fine. Like, we'll, we'll take you and you'll be so good. <laughs> Please, yeah. Just, like, just you'll start. Be a solid guy.
0: You will start in every match in 2026. Uh, I learned today that um, Andrei Shevchenko's uh, son is eligible for the U.S. Uh, currently at Chelsea, like at the under 17. So keep an eye on that one. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see
1: don't you fill my head with happy I thoughts know, I know. because now I'm going to look up his highlight package after we're done with this episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, in, interesting. I uh, think about, well, I'm not going to get too carried away 2026. We have a lot to bet on for that. Um, so with that in mind, what we're going to do is basically just go over um, the three way money lines for each of the games coming up. We'll talk about it real quick. And then we're going to give you a, uh, Basically, an each-day parlay, so from the a parlay from the two games um, on Friday, two games on Saturday, and kind of give you something we'll think about uh, there, maybe maybe come out with a little bit of extra money. Uh, so we'll start with the first one. That is going to be... Let me bring up that spreadsheet. Where did I hide that? Just I will edit this I out. I we didn't have
1: spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I know, right? Look at us. All right. So the first match is going to be
1: uh, Croatia
0: at plus 750. Uh, Brazil minus 280, draws at plus 400. Um, the over under is at three. Uh, one thing to note for all the three eye money lines and the um, over under and spreads, if we talk about it, all those are going to be uh, on the full 90 minute lines. So if it goes to extra time, that doesn't count. So if your team wins in a shootout, and you had them on the three-way money line, you lost, and it's. I, Even ask me more how frustrating. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of the most crushing things to be like, oh yeah, I took this upset and it fade off is great, and then you go and but, lost. What are you talking? <laughs> Damn it! Um, <laughs> all right, well, so what do you have for this first one?
1: Uh, hashtag thirty-year-old knees. Um, this Brazil team is like. I'm having a fucking blast watching them, and I don't want it to end. I'm picking Brazil because it's obviously my pick to win the tournament. This Croatian team is crafty. They are wily and they ball real hard. Like, they're kind of a saucy. Like, I don't know why this Croatian team is fun to watch to me because I don't know. But this Brazil team is something else. This is an all-timer Brazil team. If they win this tournament, this is going to be one of those teams I'm fucking telling my grandkids about. Shit, might tell them about it anyway. I see no reason that Brazil shouldn't go through here. On the good hands of Becky, at the feet of Neymar, uh, and another particular person who I think is going to play an important part in this match, who I'll talk about later, I'm going to go ahead and pick Brazil. Brazil. I'm also going to learn how to say Brazil. Brasilia.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty straightforward. It, it, for me it's going to be Brazil, even at minus 280, like fine. Um may, maybe you think Croatia can hang on and get a draw. If you think that, I would encourage you to take a spread on that instead of the draw, like maybe Croatia keep keep it close enough that it, it that um you pay, get paid out something with that. So, um but yeah, it's Brazil for me. Like the fact that Brazil was basically able to coast after the first forty-five minutes, and Croatia had to play one hundred twenty. It is not a good sign for this either. I, I think it's Brazil. All right, so we'll move on to the next one. We have um, the Dutch at plus two forty-five playing Argentina at plus one twenty-five. A draws at plus two twenty. Over under is at two. What do you got for me, Will?
1: It's not that I think that the Netherlands was super impressive against the United States, and it's not that I think Argentina is this absolute fucking trash bag team. It's just that I don't – this Argentinian team doesn't feel like they got it. Like, it doesn't feel like they're scraping through games, but it kind of feels like they're underwhelming. Like, the performances that you're seeing from Brazil and Portugal, two teams who have players that are of that quality, you should also expect to see from Argentina – and they're just not living up to the heights. It's going to fucking piss me off that Virgil van Dijk is still going to be at this goddamn tournament for fucking ever. But the way it looks now, so are some other guys. Again, spoiler alert, not going to talk about it too much. So are some other guys who I care about. I kind of, and not even kind of, I'm going to take the Dutch. This feels like a Dutch win. I think that this Netherlands team is not as. I think these are kind of two underwhelming teams. I just think the Netherlands is going to. Argentina more. I think there's a little bit more defensive structure that's going to frustrate Argentina from the Netherlands. And I kind of think the Netherlands might start scoring some goals here and getting their guys up front. And I think there's some weakness at the back of Argentina that's going to provide Netherlands with uh, some decent opportunities here. So, yeah, give me that, uh, give me them big orange motherfuckers
0: yeah i don't know exactly uh what to think of the netherlands right now uh, because i wasn't super like granted they won three one i i get it i wasn't like super impressed in like oh this netherlands team just absolutely like blew the u.s away and like they could never touch them like the u.s had their chances and just didn't quite have the quality on the day and i i think that also the u.s were just an exhausted team but i i know also that the no, the Dutch were dealing with the like flu going through the camp for that game as well so that could have also had to part to play in it um so I I don't know exactly where to put my finger on, on with the Dutch but I will say I think this is probably the last match of the tournament that I think Argentina will be able to not completely lose the midfield like I don't know if they're going to win the midfield battle in this game uh, but I think they'll be competitive and when I look at the other teams, out there, I mean, maybe if they got Morocco, like maybe um, at, at some point, I think that had to be in the final. I need to go back and look at the bracket to tell you for sure. Uh, like, sure, maybe at that point, but I, I think when you look at all the other teams to expect them to play, I think like even Croatia, like I would fancy Modric and um, Kovačić and them to to handle business. Um, so I I'm gonna go with. Argentina, I have an eye on the draw here as well. Like I could see this being a very cagey tactical game, um, especially where you got Louis Van Hall over there. Um, can't I like, I hope it goes to pens and Louis Van Hall subs on a keeper who makes zero saves. Like that's what I hope happens in here really more than anything else. Uh, so that wraps it up for day one um uh, for the picks. Um do we, you wanna go ahead and do the uh parley for the day one for Friday's games?
1: Yeah, yeah, All totally. Right. Uh, All right, tell I, me what you got, Will. I'm going uh I'm going with a player and I'm going with just the the money line. Um in the first match I'm going with the player. You know, I don't really know how this dude's name is pronounced because everyone in America keep saying it weird and i follow a particular youtuber shout out bazinga who's got a whole fucking fifa series on this guy but paqueta a man has been in form he's got some goals in him he seems lively and i like the way that money line looks so i'll take paqueta to be the goal scorer in uh croatia brazil looking at that argentina netherlands line i'm i'm gonna take the draw uh I see after 90 minutes, this could end 1-1, be kind of a cagey affair. This feels like one of those things that goes into penalties. If my memory serves me correctly, Argentina and the Netherlands have gone to penalties before in 2014, maybe. Look me up. Check me if I'm wrong. Uh, But I foresee that happening again, so after 90, it's going to be a draw. And I like the way that pays more than picking another team because it's the World Cup, and I can't be arsed to... Actually make a solid pick. So, aside from players. So, give me that Paqueta, or Paqueta, as they say on fucking Fox, which I don't know if I trust because they don't do shit right on that network. Don't do that. Yeah, just look. We'll talk about Fox's coverage at some other point. Um,
0: what? Well, well, yeah, how long do you have? Jesus Christ.
1: Uh, <laughs> Warren Barton needs to always have a job. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I'm taking the draw in Netherlands-Argentina. That seems like a solid pick. Uh, and then ask me later how i feel about who actually wins that match.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh so for me, i think what i'm i I mostly want to carve out a pretty big uh, Brazil position here. Uh so what i'm going to take is um, Brazil to win. I want the Brazil over 3. Uh if you can not not, not Brazil over 3, a uh, total over 3 uh between the two. Um and i want I'm going to go with Richarlison to score like some something about him like right now. And, and I, I am, I will be very happy when I no longer have to compliment him, but uh, the way that he's playing right now is, is something else. So you, you gotta give him his credit while, while he's doing it and not at Spurs. Um, so I, I'm going to go for Richarlison to score. So I'm going to carve out a big position there, run it back with taking the over two for uh, Netherlands, Argentina. I, I think those two teams will find a way to get two goals <laughs> between them um, uh, and I think at that point maybe you get a third maybe you don't and it's fine if that leg of it pushes no huge deal um, it, if you if you have over three goals in the other where Charleston gets a goal like you'll be pretty happy there um, so that's what we've got for Friday moving on to Saturday uh, early in the morning we've got Morocco at plus 460 Portugal minus 150 a draw at plus 270 so for me well this is Going to be pretty simple. You got a Portugal team that like were really able to take their foot off the gra- gas versus Morocco, who just had the biggest win in their nation's history. And this is Portugal all day for me. What What do you have, Will?
1: I think that there's something to, or it's something that I talked about off air with Sapoon, uh, that I do think needs to be mentioned. Uh, there is a lot to be said about the fact that the Moroccan fans have been in yes. Qatar en masse. And it is easily available to them. We want to talk a lot of shit about this World Cup, and it is all very valid. But if there's one thing that's come good from this is that guys from Africa, like the Moroccan fans, can show up there and make a massive difference. And as much as I want this tournament to become actual Othello and Morocco to just beat the entirety (laughs) of Iberia. Take the
0: Iberian Peninsula. And (laughs) just
1: take it back for all of us. This is probably where the dream ends. This can, can you
0: imagine if it's Morocco, France, and there's people dressing up as Charles Ditchworth? tours and like? <laughs> I, uh, I'm actually
1: here for all of that. Yes, I'm a, like I'm kind of a history nerd, so like just just the text messages between me and my friends being like, I can like for every minute of this game, I have a quote from Othello. Like I can show. There's so many pictures. Like I was so ready for everything they had to do with Spain, and I'm still kind of ready for it to happen with Portugal. I just don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, This Morocco team can shock this Portugal team. But I think that from what we saw in that last match, this Portugal team is just built a tidbit differently. And if Ronaldo is not starting and they look that good and they look that exciting, if shit gets tough and Morocco proves to be tough, you're telling me no matter how old, how much money he's going to make fucking retiring on the coast up the street, Ronaldo coming on for this team when it matters, if Morocco is drilling them, you can't sit here and tell me that that man is not going to do exactly what you fucking imagine he's going to do. So, given the fucking built-in bench player and the fact that their guys on the pitch look kind of tremendous, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope for my African brothers, but I'm gonna give it to Portugal. Um, also, it's North Africa, so my Arab African brothers, uh, which some of y'all want to claim, but you know, probably don't even know where Morocco is.
0: Shot
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna stay out of that uh, for obvious reasons.
0: <laughs> um, I I will say it will be interesting if there's a um, Ronaldo redemption arc. I, and I will say that Morocco do have the players to hang with Portugal. Like I I don't think it's that. I think it's just uh, you know they went through such a emotionally draining match against Spain and. Put in such a heroic performance. I think it's very hard to do that twice, um, in a row in the knockout stages of uh, World Cup at this point. So I I just think it's stacked up against them there a little bit. And so the next one we've got is the is kind of the one that everyone's excited about for the weekend. I I think Uh, you've got England plus two hundred, France plus favorites at plus one forty, a draw at plus two thirty five. The over under is at two. What do you have for me? Well.
1: This France team also looks the real deal. This is probably the best I've seen. Like This is the French team that like I will also tell my grandkids about, specifically because old man Giroud out there just banging in goals and being the most handsome dude on the whole field. So, like yeah, I can't really fault France. And I do feel like, in the attacking sense, this France team is here to hurt people. And Mbappe seems to be a man on a mission right now. And when you're that young and that driven, the way he sounded, you can do just about anything. But god damn it, it's fucking coming home, and I can't let it go. <laughs> I feel like everyone shot on Gareth Southgate for like two fucking games, so they're like, "Oh god, he's not a man of the team." <laughs> and the motherfucker waited and bided his time because he knew he had a team who was going to need to go in the knockouts and prove some shit. And they came out against Senegal and did just that. So you know what? I don't care how good France look. I don't care that I want Mbappe at Liverpool, and I don't care that I'm – look, me and the French, we go back and forth. It's fine. It's whatever. I'm sorry. I want to pick France. I really do, and I feel like it's going to be France, but the 25% of me that is English just won't let that shit die. So it's fucking coming home, and I think that if Gareth Southgate plays his cards right with the guys he has on that team – and if the fucking love-in is Jude Bellingham and Jordan Henderson <laughs> and the rest of the Liverpool squad continues. As long as the that rest Bellingham- of the Liverpool squad.
0: Get the fuck out of here. That's right. Oh,
1: that's right. They're all texting on the side. We can't wait to see you. Oh, my God, I love you. First White all, giving him hugs on the side and shit. Uh, it's absolutely disgusting, and I'm tired of doing it. I just kind of want to know if he's coming or not. That, regardless, he's still out there balling. Saka's balling. Fuck, even Foden looks like he gives a shit now. And Harry Kane has a, has a goal. Once everybody's firing, this is the best England team we've seen in a while. I don't even know if they're winning the whole shit, but they're winning this match. I'm done talking about it. I just want to say it out loud so that when they inevitably lose, I can be made fun of in every circle of my life. Just, I just want the team to win, David. <laughs> Fair I just enough. miss Michael Owen. It's my childhood. It's all I want. It's
0: all right, so that's an odd one to, to close out on, but okay. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take a draw in this match, and, and the reason why is I, I think Southgate will play this uh, fairly close to the chest to start out. I, I think it will be about uh, England trying to weather a little bit of a storm at the beginning, and then if France do get a goal, which I, I think is obvious. I mean, they've got Mbappe. Like, it's possible <laughs> for sure. Um and, and Dembele, too, like, for example, like Dembele is, is doing a lot of nice things as well. Um, if if France get a goal, I I don't think this is the old French teams of like Conte and Pogba and Matuidi. Like, I think Chumene is good. I think Rabiot is good, but I don't think they're at that level of match controlling. And Chumene may get there, but I don't think it's quite there yet. And so I do think that if England need to turn up the heat in this game a little bit to get something, I think they can. So that's why I'm going to go with a draw. I think it probably ends up one, one at regulation. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's got the best shot from the three game money line there. So with that, we'll go into our Saturday parlays. Uh, what do you have for me? Will,
1: uh, again, we're going to go goal score right out of the gate. And, uh, Mr. Don Carlo Ramos, who is Ronaldo's replacement and just came out and decided to bang himself just a fucking fantastic game uh, in his uh, round of 16 start. Once you find your footing, once you start scoring goals, it proves in this tournament you score one, you're bound to get another one. And against Morocco, if it's going to be the game that some of us expect where we see Portugal come out here and kind of put boots to leather and, you know, feet to necks. He could be in for a couple. So since, you know, uh, Silly isn't starting, I'm going to go ahead and give it up to Ramos. Uh, I I just talked like mad shit about England winning this match. And there was a part of me that almost took the draw. But I'm going to stand on my fucking laurels and I'm (laughs) going to keep with this coming home. That plus 200 for England looks mighty nice to you, boy. So I'm going to take Ramos to score a goal and I'm going to take England to win the match. In ninety minutes, please God, don't go to penalties.
0: <laughs>
1: uh that's they've already won one in penalties, but it still feels like England to me. So I could just foresee something stupid happening. And uh Yeah, man, just I was just doomed Jordan Pickford by saying that out loud, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shot yeah. him in the foot.
0: Hey, that that's totally fair. Um for me, I'm going to take um if you can find it at it's your, it's your book, like Bavada does um, combo specials of um, like match result and over under. So I'm going to take Portugal at over two and a half. I'm going to take uh felix to score. Um, I, 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 I think that some teams may be a little bit more prepared for Ramos than it was And, and I was looking at, it cause like, I have no idea what Ramos was to win the golden <laughs> boot to start the world <laughs> cup, but like he's, he's in second with three Mbappe has five it's not entirely impossible that Mbappe blanks this game right like Ramos can get one like I I bet there is some person who just put like a euro on every single like Portugal player (laughs) to win the golden boot or, or something and like it could be looking at a pretty fun payday there um But but going back to the game, I've got Jalfe Leaks to score. I I think he's been in in decent form. we Will probably want to impress to get his move away. Um, That's what I'm going with. And I'm going to take England on the spread. So uh, for Bovada, the spread is uh, 0 and 0.5. So basically what that means is um, half your bet will be at spread 0 and half of it 0.5. So if it draws basically you win half your bet. If England win in ninety minutes, you win um you win both parts of that, so you win the full bet. So I'm gonna take um England on the spread there, uh to go Jal Felix to score Portugal and over two and a half. And I think that should pay out pretty good. I, I haven't done the calculations here. Like I said, this is a little bit more vibesy than some others, but um that we do. But I, I think you should get pretty good money for that. Not at that. Yeah. <laughs> um so I that's gonna take us I think mostly what uh, we're covering for tonight. Um, Yeah, we've got some good games coming up. I'm very excited for it. Uh, Sapuna and I are going to be in Vegas this weekend. So especially that Saturday, like it's going to be a uh, a, there's going to be a lot of drinks and a lot of prop bets going around. (laughs) Like it's going to be. The live betting that happens and just like me like going up to the machine to put in a bet and then like sitting down and like seeing like someone put in a cross and oh yeah, what about that? And go in and put in another bet. So like it's gonna be bad. It, the I, group it chat is obvious. going
1: to be amazing. I'm gonna send yeah, you yeah. every stupid college basketball line I can find. <laughs> <while you're there. laughs> I love it.
0: I love it. Um so yes, yeah, so that's what we've got going on. We're looking forward to it. It's not impossible that Sapuna and I might record something while we're there we'll see i don't know no promises on that at all Um, so that's gonna wrap us up for tonight will do you have anything else before uh, we get out of here
1: um leave us a leave us a five-star review follow us subscribe on spotify follow us on the socials tfa wills tfa braden on twizzler follow me on instagram it's still tfa rizzler take a look at our pictures and stuff uh aside from that um uh i don't even really have a good joke to sign off with right now my brain just went completely blank um shit fox's coverage is terrible <laughs> that's all i yeah, got right yeah, now it,
0: it, it certainly is <laughs> find a way yeah, to watch the, the bbc
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: the reviews really do help uh with seo and helping other people find the podcast so if you like it a, a kind review would be very helpful for us uh so with that that's going to close us out for tonight um Again, everyone enjoy these games. We'll be back at some point next week. I don't know when exactly that's going to be because we got to get back and recover from Vegas. <laughs> so so we'll see. It, it will come at some point, though. Um, and that's going be it for us. Thanks for uh, being with us.
1: We need more Kate Update.